I am recording. Okay, we're going to do three, two, one, clap. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. And. All right. You ready? Let's do it. All right, we. Not recording. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's me. That's my own voice. All right. You're recording. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. All right. Here we go. Recording in three, two, one. Welcome, what's up? We're back. Football is back. How great does it feel to have regular season NFL football games to talk about for the first time in, gosh, eight months? This is the absolute best. It's the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm Eric Stenholm, here with my co-host Joey Moore. Absolutely insane week one. One of those games on Monday Night Football that you're just like, you. I could not wait to hop on and talk to you about this. Obviously, we you want to lead with you know the Niners and Brock Purdy and an incredible performance uh, against Pittsburgh, but we got to start on Monday Night Football, Joey. What a freaking roller coaster of a game in more ways than one. It's what they call that what a Pyrrhic victory like so they win 22-16 in overtime on an epic punt return in overtime just one of the best regular season Monday night football performances or I mean just games in general I've ever seen just back and forth and nuts and um, but it all started with Aaron Rodgers on his fourth play as a jet uh, going down on a, a sack and it looked like a, a lower right leg injury comes out after the game. It's a torn Achilles, and the Aaron Rodgers era in New York is likely over. I mean, this season is is done. He was getting paid one million against the cap this year, and next year I believe it's eighty six million. So who knows if that's it for Rodgers for the Jets? But I mean, let's just recap the game while we're while we're here. I mean, you Josh Allen, one of his worst games as a pro. Diggs looked good, but he looked pissed. Um, Jets defense looked absolutely elite. Um, Zach Wilson, his typical self, but he found a way to do just, just enough to get it done. Wild Monday night football game. I mean, you put, you put it so well. Are Jets fans happy right now? I'm sure they're kind of happy. I mean, it was an epic win. It's a memorable moment, but I mean, their season is basically down the tube, right?
Mm-hmm. Insane. <laughs> yeah, the the speculation is going to go off the chart now on, you know, will they stick with Zach Wilson? I've already seen, you know, rumors of uh, trades for Gardner Minshew or Jameis Winston or whoever's available. I mean, I guess Carson Wentz is still a free agent. There's not a lot of good options out there. Uh, I saw Kyler Murray floated. I was like, that's presumptuous. Yeah, that, I mean, it's insane. I mean, these next few days, you would think the Jets will be like, we will rally around Zach Wilson and we will play good football. But we all saw Zach Wilson out there tonight. I mean, it probably only takes, what, a fifth? So, you know, we'll see. Um, Pretty crazy situation there in New York. Obviously, you know, you feel for Jets fans who have this, you know, unbelievable moment, probably their best primetime football moment in you know, two decades, and then it's completely ruined by the Rodgers injury. But uh, what a wild week one. We got to start with your boys in uh, red and gold. I mean, what a performance. Everybody and their mother, including me, had money on Pittsburgh. They're like, Pittsburgh, home dog, getting two or three points against the Niner team, who's just been all discombobulated and having all this drama with Nick Bosa and Purdy coming off of UCL. Ho-hum, ho-hum, the Niners slaughter the Pittsburgh Steelers and start one and out. Joe, you got to be thrilled. Right. 
That may have been the best game of Ayuk's career. What a game from him. <laughs> yeah, and the... Ex Yeah, and when they're all healthy is the key. You had Kittle, you had Debo, you had uh, McCaffrey, you had Purdy, you had everyone out there, Trent Williams. All the studs were there. Nick Bosa played, uh, I think, more snaps than people were expecting. I mean, the team looked absolutely incredible. The absolute opposite of last year's opener in Chicago in the monsoon. So, like, a basically a perfect start for the Niners. Uh, for the Vikings, it was not perfect. It was uh, kind of a lethargic performance. Um, I was actually impressed with Brian Flores' defense. We gave up 20 points, but a lot of that was off of turnovers. I believe we only gave up 240 total yards, so it was a very good defensive performance against, albeit a Tampa Bay team led by Baker Mayfield. But what stood out to me was the turnovers. I mean, Cousins was not receiving any kind of protection. Two of the three turnovers, I would say, were not his fault. Uh, one was... Uh, right off the receiver's hands ended up being a pick. And then one was just a blindside blitz where the fullback completely missed his block. Cousins was just got his shit rocked and fumbled it right into the red zone for Tampa. So um, one of those games that, given that we play the Eagles this week, that hurts because now we're essentially 0-2 before we even play that game on Thursday night. So uh, tough start for the Vikes. I know you caught some of that one. Um, what did you see from the Vikings as an unbiased observer? Because I actually do feel positive about the offense. I just thought, or about the defense, excuse me. I just thought the team as a whole was super sloppy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It was Monday night, I remember. And I was up here in the Bay Area then, too. I'm always up in the Bay Area for Dreamforce Week. And I was like, hey, I'll get to watch a Monday night football game with my dad. And this will be awesome. And, like, literally within 15 minutes of that game starting, it was over. That was just an absolute drubbing. And that's when I think I and a lot of people around the country were like, oh, shit, the Eagles are for real. Like, that was an absolute spanking. And I'm expecting a lot more of that this week. It's just... Yeah, it's going to involve a lot of, uh, you know, Addison and and, uh, and Jefferson, you know, over the middle, over the top. I mean, it's probably the only way we win that game. I didn't, I wasn't impressed at all by our running game. Obviously, Madison, I think, is a guy who tries so hard, and he's such a hard runner. But, I mean, there's just not lanes for him to run with our interior offensive line. Also, our starting center, Garrett Bradbury, missed almost all of that first game. He will be out the second game, so... Welcome back to the NFL. Injuries abound and uh, seasons changing already, you know, just one week into the season. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Uh, 40 to nothing loss to the, to the Cowboys. I was texting you during that game. I don't know. I mean, I've been watching football for 25 plus years. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback take a beating like that. Daniel Jones was absolutely pummeled from the first snap of the game to the last because for whatever reason, they never took him out in a 40 nothing loss. He was just battered and beaten by that unbelievable Cowboys defensive line all game long. Uh, an absolute tire fire there uh, in New York at home on Sunday Night Football. Was that more of the Cowboys are going to be an absolute force this year? Or was that, oh my God, the Giants were a total fluke in 2022? <laughs> We tried to say this on the offseason uh, free agency pod. What are you doing giving him, whatever, three years, $130 million. Ooh. He threw 15 touchdowns last year. 1-5. 15. Oh, yeah. He was only Vanilla Vic for a few weeks last year. We, you know.
Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. They do at Arizona. Yep. <laughs> so you think Dallas's defense is just, you know, top two, maybe top three. And and Parsons right now is just, you know, probably the best defensive player. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone better than Dallas, like, right now, especially with everyone being healthy, with Parsons being at his absolute best already in Week 1. I mean, incredible performance from Dallas. They'll be a contender this year. Seems to be they have more positivity around that franchise than they've had in quite a long time. Um, the game of the week, in my opinion, obviously Monday Night Football was amazing, but the true game of the week was Miami at the Chargers. Um, Tua and Tyreek looking like prime Brady and Moss just... Non-stop action in that game. Non-stop scoring. Um, Tua ended up with over 460 yards. That final drive where he hit uh, Tyreek for, I think, 60 and then hit him again for 6 for the touchdown. Um, it seems like, given the events of the last two days, I mean, Miami is definitely a dark horse in the AFC, especially if, if Tua stays healthy. Buffalo is down. The Jets just lost Rodgers for the year. The Patriots don't look like anything special. The path is cleared for Miami to really take off here. Did you see the 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 all twenty two cam of the crossing route he did early in the game? He starts on the right side of the field, they, they or starts on the left side of the field. They call him in motion and then they snap it. And as they call him in motion and snap the ball, he makes his turn around his own offensive line, runs in a straight line for about twenty yards, and then makes a turn to the left. He clears out like four different players and runs past all of them and is wide-ass open for like a 30-yard catch. Like, no one in the NFL can do that. He's as fast as like Usain Bolt over the middle. Like, how do you possibly defend that? He should be a Dark Horse MVP candidate. I agree. He's one of the best players in the NFL. I just, I just wish he would get a little bit more recognition because he's clearly elevated himself above a guy like, I think, Devontae Adams at this point. Like, he's an absolute beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
Yeah, you gotta triple cover him. You put, yeah, exactly. You bracket him. That's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolute monster week one. And I mean, I feel like given the events of Thursday where the Chiefs were just kind of a offensive tire fire, you're like, yes, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. But man, you can see how with Tyreek, what you know the Chiefs could maybe be one of the best teams in the history of football but without him that's basically the reason they lost the game on Thursday uh I'm gonna call that game on Thursday between the Chiefs and Lions the Kadarius Tony game you basically swap out you know a league average receiver whoever Juju Smith Schuster even from last year on the Chiefs for for Kadarius Tony and they win that game I mean three critical drops including one that led to a pick six and one that could have closed out the game uh there late in the fourth quarter Pretty freaking unbelievable series of events there. Do you come out of that game, you know, thinking that the Chiefs need to make a trade for a wide receiver? Do you think no reason to panic at all? It's Mahomes. It'll be fine. And also, what did you think of the Lions' performance on Thursday? Hmm. Yep. Mm. No. Yeah. No, they haven't won a playoff game since the early 90s. Oh, yeah. 
It felt like a continuation of last year's game against the Packers on in week 18 where it was just like, yeah. They picked, they picked up right where they left off. Incredible performance by the Lions, who now sit in first place in the NFC North. One more thing before we get to your Jack and the Bum of the Week. There were two other teams that I thought laid a massive egg on Sunday. Seattle Seahawks, who I picked to be the number one seed, and the and the Cincinnati Bengals, who I picked to win the Super Bowl, both just laid absolute eggs. We'll start with uh, with Seattle. Huge favorites at home against what we thought would be an absolutely listless Rams team who placed Cooper Cup on IR right before the game. They lose by 17 at home, including no points in the second half. Geno threw for something like 112 yards. They mustered like 80, 180 total yards in the entire game. Uh, they let this guy, uh, these these two young guys from, uh, yeah, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, you know, everybody had them in their you know, bingo card at home, like absolutely nuts. They torched the Seahawks, supposedly great secondary. Uh, also, Seattle lost both of their tackles in that game, like absolute disaster situation for Seattle. And then Se- they go to Detroit next week, and Ford Field is going to be hopping more than it has in, you know, its entire existence. It probably hasn't been that energetic in Detroit since the Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> Yeah, since they were winning titles in the 1950s before they even invented the Super Bowl. And then Cincinnati, just a total dud on the road at Cleveland. Uh, Burrow looked like he was really, really rusty coming off of the, you know, limited training camp with a strained calf. And, I mean, that that Bengal offense looked like an absolute tire fire. Do you worry about either of those teams or or both or neither? Because I tend to think week one, brush it under the rug. Let's see how they look over the next two or three weeks. But the Seattle thing does have me a little bit worried <laughs> and then you lose to that team by 17 at home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Definitely a worrying situation there. And then I, I don't think anybody is just rushing to go bet the Rams now after that. I think that was more of just a total Seahawks dud week one. Good coaching performance from Sean McVay for sure with such a weak roster. Um, Obviously, a lot of teams through week one who were a little worried about their future. Let's go over to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. A lot of candidates this week. The aforementioned Kadarius Tony goes first. Uh, Thursday night football, he basically almost single-handedly cost the Chiefs the game. Um, the Giants' offensive line, I'm obviously a candidate when you get your quarterback battered to the tune of eight sacks. And like I believe it was like 22 hits. Like Jones was just fighting for his life back there. The Seattle offense... Obvious candidate for sure, 180 yards at home against the really, you know, poorly constructed Rams roster. Like, that was the shocker of the day for me, even more than 40 nothing on Sunday Night Football. Um, the Bears, who we haven't gotten to yet, I think just them in general, this is probably the most excited Bears fans have been. Yeah, it's been, you know, since, I mean, even 2018 with Trubisky, but since long before that, they really haven't been excited at all until this year, and they come in and they're like, Fields, we're going to do it, and they just get spanked at home by the Packers yet again. Uh, just a tire fire organization there, and Eberflus probably on the hot seat if he loses again this week. Um, and then Burrow was my last nominee there. Only mustered 82 yards. I know he's coming off injury. I know he's rusty, but 82 yards in an NFL game. He had 2.9 yards per attempt, which is the lowest by anyone not named Nathan Peterman in the last four seasons. Pretty incredible. But Joey, where are you going for your jack in the bum of the week for week one of 2023?
<laughs> Absolutely insane. I, I, if he commits only one less turnover today, obviously the Bills win that game. Like, absolutely wild. Yeah, Watson and Kyler Murray getting that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know McDermott is just losing his shit after the game today, being like, Josh... Absolutely nuts. Josh Allen, Joey's Jack in the Bum of the Week for week one of 2023 after that turnover-laden performance on Monday Night Football. It's time for my You Like That Picks of the Week. Uh, last week, we started off 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. We got there with Tennessee plus 3.5, Green Bay plus 2.5, which was a slam dunk. Pittsburgh plus 2.5 was a loser, obviously. That was a loser from the first minute of that game. And the Giants plus 3.5, yet another just horrible pick on my part. But we did get the push with Philly, New England under 45. It hit exactly 45, thanks to that missed two-point conversion by New England. So we get away unscathed at 500 so far through week one. Got five more picks for you this week. But I want to bounce them off Joey first before I officially submit these as the pod picks. Number one, I got Philadelphia minus seven on Thursday. Thursday night against the Vikings. I just think this is a bad spot for the Vikes. I usually don't like picking on or against my team, but in this situation, I just don't see how we're going to bounce back four days after that loss on the road against a team that's just so much better than us on both the offensive and defensive line. It's just not a good spot for us. I've already chalked that one as a loss in my mind. I like Philly minus seven there. Um, 
This is one where I think you might disagree with me a little bit. I kind of like Atlanta plus one and a half. Uh, the Packers are coming to town. I think Atlanta, back-to-back home games, opportunity to establish the run in the first game. It's clear to me that between Bijan Robinson and Algier, they may have the best one-two punch at running back in the NFL. Um They both look absolutely electric in week one. I am really sold on Atlanta's running game. I think their defense is going to be okay. And I also think that the Packers stock is higher than it's been, you know, all offseason. All of a sudden, after one performance against the Bears, who I think are terrible, their stock goes way up. This game was originally going to be Atlanta minus three. It's now Atlanta plus one and a half. So the Packers are favored on the road. I like getting a point and a half there. Do you buy into Green Bay at this point? Are you okay with that pick? I think that'll keep them in the game at least, um, as long as, you know, Love doesn't have just another. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. If he really ends up being good, I am so screwed as a Vike fan. Um, Third pick that I like is Kansas City minus two and a half at Jacksonville. I think the Jacksonville hype is a little bit too high right now for them to be uh, just, you know, under a field goal dog at home to the defending champs. The Chiefs will have more rest. They'll probably have Travis Kelsey. Jacksonville, I thought, was extremely lucky not only to win the game against Indy, but to cover. Um, At the end there, it should have been, you know, a three-point game with uh, Indy trying to do an onside kick, but Richardson got hurt scrambling right near the goal line, and then this horrendous Minshew play when he came in led to them not getting any points on the board was not impressed with Jacksonville in week one I thought Ridley looked amazing thought the rest of the team was just pedestrian and made Anthony Richardson actually look pretty good in his debut as I believe the second youngest player to ever start a game in the NFL a quarterback Um, and then Denver minus three at home against Washington this is a pure fade of Washington I don't know if you caught any of that (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you caught any of the, the Washington-Arizona game, which I hope you didn't because it was a shit-ass game, but Washington looked real bad. Like, Arizona obviously is the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I really thought that, like, Washington would spank them. I thought they have such a, a better defense than Arizona that it would be, you know, 20-3. to three. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think I, I remember we did maybe a couple weeks ago when they first showed him talking to the team, but it's like, absolutely horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody in that room didn't want to run through a brick wall. They wanted to walk through an open door. That's Jonathan Gannon for you. I mean, absolute tire fire. And they only lost by four at Washington, who was seven-point favorites. Uh, I thought Howell did not look good in that game. I thought the Washington defense actually looked crappy. To give up 16 at home to a quarterback who I believe just entered the building last week in Josh Dobbs. Crappy performance from Washington. I thought Denver probably should have won the game against Vegas. They just made a couple critical errors. This game's in Denver, and Denver's only favored by three. I like Denver there. Oh, they have to. Oh, my God. Sean Payton hot seat two weeks in if they lose that one. (laughs) 
Six. <laughs> Same with Chicago, too. They have to win next week at Tampa Bay, or that's just going to be an all-out tire fire, and the media is just going to kill them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I'm going to round out my top five uh, picks of the week with Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. They're hosting Cleveland, and they're getting two points at home. I thought Pittsburgh would be favored by two and a half in this game. Cleveland is favored by two on the road in Pittsburgh. I think this is a pissed-off Steeler team after playing probably the best roster in the NFL in San Francisco last week. I really like Pittsburgh to bounce back uh, you know, on Monday Night Football against Cleveland. I think Cleveland's win was more a product of... Burrow being rusty, by by no means did Deshaun Watson look good. That was all the run game in the defense. Like, Watson looked awful. I think he finished with, like, 115 yards and a pick. He did have a rushing touchdown, but, I mean, man, kind of a, a Pyrrhic victory there for Browns fans because they go into the game and they're like, all right, let's see what Watson can do after a full offseason. He was awful. Like, yes, Jim Schwartz's defense was great, but I have no confidence in Watson going into Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football Week 2 against Tomlin, who's had all this time to prepare. I like Pittsburgh there. I'm taking them again after I took them last week and got absolutely burned. Um, so that's it. That's the you like that picks uh, for week two of the NFL season. We're going Philly minus seven at home against the Vikings, Atlanta plus one and a half at home against um, the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City minus two and a half at Jacksonville, Denver minus three at home against Washington and Pittsburgh plus two on Monday night uh, against Cleveland. Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently. We've been texting about this one all off season. You're all in on the team up there in Michigan. I didn't see that one, no. (laughs) 
I know because of I know because of TikTok that uh, Goff's girlfriend or wife uh, is obsessed with the uh, Barbie movie and always calls him Ken. And man, does he look like Ryan Gosling. I'm like, this guy's having a heck of a turnaround. Because going into last season, it was like, why would the Lions think Goff is the answer to anything? And all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, wait now. Jared Goff could be starting a playoff game. Could be, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC. Out of nowhere, feel good for the guy. Local Novato product, actually making good after after the the Rams gave up on him. Like it's all pointing up in Detroit. And even as a Vikings fan, I have to admit it's very hard to root against a guy like Dan Campbell. Um, I really think that's just like an inspirational team. So I like your call there. Like they've been bad really since like the 1950s. Like yes, there was a stretch in. No. When did they ever do anything to hurt us? Yeah. <laughs> I believe they won the division twice in the 90s, in the early 90s. Other than that, they've hosted, I believe it's like either three or four playoff games since the merger. So it's like, since there have been Super Bowls, there's been like three playoff games played in Detroit. Yeah, I don't I don't even think they've won any of their playoff games. Like yeah, they they hosted I believe the last time they hosted one was in like 94 or 95 and Brett Favre came into town and killed them in the playoffs and it's like man, I mean, this has to be the first year in maybe 25 30. Oh. Can you imagine being a fan of a team that went that long without any success? It's like good on you, Dan Campbell. Did you see the GM uh, for the Lions just doing laps around the field, high-fiving the fans? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot has happened since then. Yeah, they're like, remember when Barry Sanders went for 2,000 yards? It's like, yeah, you went 5-11 and 11 that year. Yeah. <laughs> no lovable losers anymore there in Detroit. Looks like the Lions well on their way to finally... Getting that home playoff game after a good start, shocking the Chiefs in week one. The Lions being the most rootable team in the NFL. That's Joey's feels great, baby, for week one. 
Let's close the pod. I wanted to talk about YouTube TV. This was its big moment in the sun. Direct TV is no more. YouTube TV took over the NFL Sunday ticket, and it was glorious. You ha- you can basically make any combination of four or two screens on your screen on YouTube TV on an NFL Sunday between you know the early games and the the midday games. So I at the beginning of the day I had the Vikings in up in a half box with red zone so that I could watch most of the other games and then for the second window of games I split it into four uh and that way I was only missing one of the five late games. So it's just like it's absolutely perfect everything you could ever want as a product. I only had a little bit of buffering trouble. Um, I think a lot of people were worried that, hey, everybody's going to be doing this. Maybe their servers are going to crash and we're going to have an all-out disaster here. But YouTube TV, I have said for years, is the best product on the market. They now have the most valuable property in streaming, which is the NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, I thought it was awesome. You recently converted after years of being stuck with shitty-ass Comcast cable, charging you $300 a month. <laughs> what do you think of YouTube TV as a new customer now? Wait till you get to the catch up to live through key plays. It's sick. Say you're out or you're, you know, changing a diaper and you miss the entire first quarter of a game. You literally click on that game on YouTube TV and it says, do you want to join live? Do you want to start from the beginning or do you want to catch up through key plays? And that is sick. It'll be like, here are the 15 most important plays and it plays them in a row with no commercials and catches you right up to live so that you don't miss anything. I'm telling everybody who listens, all nine people who listen to this podcast, stop what you're doing. Go get YouTube TV. It was an epic debut this weekend for a lot of people who are new to the product. I've been harping on it for years. Say goodbye to cable and direct TV and their unbelievably high prices and shitty ass customer service. Uh, oh. Oh my god. Disgusting. It's the worst. They've been (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought I'm, I I saw all these tweets yesterday as I'm going through NFL Sunday, and I mean everybody is just all over it. Like, hey, you know, if you had Directv Sunday ticket, which my parents did for many years, uh, he has to have it. That's how we watched the game yesterday together. Was I connected YouTube TV? Yeah, I connected YouTube TV to their smart TV. They still have DirecTV, but they're going to drop it. And I was like, you have to try this. And, like, everybody's sold. Like, it's the best. But if you had old DirecTV Sunday ticket, they would choose the four games in the box. There was, like, one channel that had the four games. And the screen had so much advertising on it that each screen was like... if Even if you have a big TV, you couldn't see. It covers the whole screen. Like, just just wait... They do that for college too. Yeah, the the multi view game day thing, and you get to pick which which one goes in each corner. I mean, it's what we've wanted since we were kids, and we saw you know that one family in the neighborhood that had the seventy five inch TV with picture in picture. Like that's us now. Like we get to do it. It's so sick. Um, No. Mm-hmm. Like for you, when the Niners come on at one against the Rams, you will give that the whole screen. But from 10 to one, when, yeah, you're going to love it. Yes, you have to buy Sunday ticket to do that. I believe you can do the two with, like, Fox and CBS, you can do that. But to do the four, you need Sunday ticket. Oh, you have to do it, dude. It's like a one-time payment of two fifty. Just, Just do it, you know. Sell a kidney, do whatever you got to do. Uh, or, you can, you know, next time you come, come over, you can watch it. It's the shit, man. I, I, I feel like we needed to discuss that because of all the things that happened this week. It literally covers just 10 to, you know, 425 Pacific. Like, Yeah, still, you know, a minimum of three hours a week. It's pretty sick, dude. Incredible week one. Uh, Lots of crazy storylines. We gave you five picks. We gave you a Jack and the Bum of the week. Uh, We gave you Joey's Feels Great Baby, Detroit Lions being the most rootable team in the NFL. Uh, We recapped week one. We got some thoughts for week two. We like Philly. We like Atlanta. We like Kansas City, Denver, and Pittsburgh. Um, Most of them getting points there. Kansas City laying some points. Um, We're going to be back again next week. Joey's going back to work. It looks like uh, paternity leave is coming to an end, and he's dreading it, but I mean...
We are going to trudge through it. We're going to keep making pods week after week. I'm so pumped for week two. Hopefully the Vikings can pull out a miracle win at Philly. The Niners looking to keep that train rolling as they head to Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us again. Week one's in the books. You've been listening to the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast, and we will see you next week.